Welcome to Closer to Christ, the sermon podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. You can learn more about our ministries at stpaulmuskego.org. And now for this week's message. Today we're wrapping up our Go Back to Christmas. The traditional uh, gospel lesson for the first Sunday of Advent is the uh, Palm Sunday account. So we, we looked at the Palm Sunday account and, and saw that, that our, our God has come to save and he continues to come into our lives to save and to answer our prayers. Last week we looked at uh, John the Baptist ministry and how Jesus, uh, uh, that, that we have purpose in being like John the Baptist, pointing people to Jesus and today we're, we're actually going to buzz right past Christmas, past Bethlehem. We're going to go back nine months earlier to Nazareth uh, and find in Nazareth understanding for this mixed up world. So we're going to read from Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26. It's the traditional gospel lesson for this third weekend of Advent. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at these words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. All this be, Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of the Lord. So, I had to go back to Nazareth to understand something about our world. So, I literally was in Nazareth about 15 years ago, and the tour bus dropped us off about four blocks from the Church of the Annunciation because the, the streets up to the church were too narrow for the bus to get through. And as we're walking up the, this narrow street, all of us in the group were kind of grumbling and complaining because there were cars parked all over the sidewalk. What are they doing parking in the sidewalk? We can't get through. And the Israeli 
Jewish tour guide had to explain something to us so that we understood. He said, you know, in American culture, public space really belongs to no one, right? You don't really use public space. It's supposed to be kept open. But in Arab culture, and you see Israel, or Nazareth, even though it is in Israel, is predominantly an Arab city. So in Nazareth, in, in Arab culture, public space belongs to everyone. And it's there for everyone, anyone, to use it if you need it. So if you need parking, you park on the public space of the sidewalk because you need it. It's there for you. And then, again, this is an Israeli Jewish tour guide who has to explain to us something about different cultures. He said, the Arab culture is not wrong. The American culture is not right. They are just different. Ah. I had to go to Nazareth to understand something about the world that I live in. Today, uh, the Holy Spirit is inviting us all to go back to Nazareth. As we go back to Nazareth, we're going to see something about how this world works. You see, there, there's, there's something that I just don't understand about the world. Why is it that people who, uh, this is just blocking my way here, people who uh, um, just are some of the meanest people in the world, just seem like they skate through life and everything is great for them. And then some of the nicest people in the world, nothing goes right for them. It's just not fair, right? I don't understand, God. You've probably known people who have smoked their entire lives. They live into their 90s. They are in great health. And then you know somebody who was really focused on good health and and they die of a heart attack at 40. You know, it's like, God, this doesn't make any sense. It's not fair. I don't understand. And Nazareth was a place where I think a young woman didn't understand too. Mary didn't understand why this angel would appear to her. I mean, why me? Mary certainly didn't understand how she as a virgin was going to have a baby. I'm sure she was not understanding, now how am I going to explain this to my fiancé? And how am I going to bear up under the pressure of being shunned and despised by everybody in this culture because I'm a single mom? I'm sure there was a lot that she didn't understand. But as we walk with Mary through the events of that day in Nazareth, you and I will be privileged to see that there is something better than understanding how God rules the world and controls our lives. As, we, as the lesson begins, we hear Mary being greeted. 
Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. If you look at the back of the worship folder, I tried to explain something unusual about that highly favored. It's actually the word grace. Now, we're familiar with the word grace, right? Grace is a noun. Grace is God's undeserved love for us. But what's fun about this Greek word is it's actually the verb form of grace. Greetings, you who are highly graced. Mary was graced. Mary must have been going, I don't understand why is this angel appearing to me? I don't deserve it. And the angel says, I'm not here because you earned it. I'm here because you have been graced by God. God is dealing with you in undeserved love. Mary is filled with fear. The angel says, don't be afraid. How can you not be afraid? I mean, wouldn't you be afraid if a heavenly messenger appears to you? I'm afraid sometimes when I'm talking with somebody that I, I just feel like their spiritual life, their, their Christian life is, is way up here. You know, some of my coworkers are that way. I just, I'm just in awe of their spiritual maturity, you know, and I feel like I'm kind of down here, and I just, you know, you, know, you, you kind of do that comparison thing, right? Wouldn't you do that when, if, you, if, if an, an angel from heaven appeared to you, wouldn't you be doing some comparison and going, I don't measure up. God's coming to judge me. You know, Mary was a sinner just like you and me. But the angel said, don't be afraid because you've been graced. God is dealing with you according to his undeserved love. Now that's great for Mary. But, you know, when you start messing around with the Greek, you find some dumb things, you know, and and Nate mentioned that he gets geeked out, and I do too, you know. So I got, I got all geeked out, you know, as I was looking at this text because there's only one other place in the whole New Testament that graced, the verb form for grace is used. It's, there's only one other place. Oh, this is great. Pastors get excited about weird things. You know, I'll, be, I'll admit. But take a look at the back of the worship folder. I, I quote that passage. It's from Ephesians chapter 1. He predestined us. God the Father predestined us. He decided in advance, he predestined us for adoption to sonship. So he decided in advance that we would be his, his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and will to the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given, which he has freely graced to us in the one he loves. Don't I look angelic right now? You see, the, the, the Greek word for angel, the Hebrew word for angel, it can be the heavenly being, but angel uh, just means messenger. Mary got to hear it from a heavenly messenger. You get to hear it from a messenger sent by God, human just like you, but I am an angel of God, a messenger of God, and it is my privilege to say to each one of you, you 
because God the Father has chosen you, you are also graced. You are highly favored. When things are going wrong in your life and and it just doesn't seem fair and you don't understand, your natural reaction will be to say, God must be angry with me. And I want to remind you, what was true of Mary is true of each one of us. In Christ Jesus, we are graced, highly favored. Mary didn't understand so much about what was happening that day, but the angel did want her to understand God's grace. And then he goes on and talks about God's faithfulness. The angel said that a child would be born to her who would be called the Son of God, and that he would reign on David's throne and over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And as Mary heard those words, she must have been going, man, that sounds familiar. Again, look at the back of the worship folder. Right in the middle of the, the, parag- uh, the, the sheet, I quote from 2 Samuel chapter 7. David is, uh, the, the Lord through the prophet Nathan is speaking to King David and he says, when your days are over and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. The angel Gabriel was calling up a promise that God had made a thousand years earlier to Mary's ancestor, King David. A a promise that seemed like God had forgotten about because, you know, for about 400 years, King David's descendants did reign on his throne in Jerusalem. Some of them were great and some of them were just despicable. But in 586, the the Babylonians came and and destroyed uh, Jerusalem and deposed the Davidic king and there was never a king from David's line sitting on that throne again. You know, Judah and Jerusalem became just a little province of major world empires. 500 years, it seems like God's forgotten. God didn't forget. The angel Gabriel comes to Mary and reminds her, I God is faithful to his promises. He never forgets. And that's what you and I can celebrate. When when things aren't going right in our lives and we just don't understand, you and I can know that our God is faithful. In fact, again, on the back of the worship folder, right there in the center, I quote from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, where the Apostle Paul writes, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. And through him the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. 
no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ Jesus. When things are out of control, the promises that it seems like, God, I think you are forgetting those promises. God never forgets. He is faithful to his promises. And the guarantee is that child who was born in Bethlehem to the Virgin Mary. Every promise of God is guaranteed to us by the one who died and rose again for us. And just think about those promises that can sustain us when, when, when our world just seems to be out of control. Nothing is working out as we think it should. What are the promises of God? You and I know that God is dealing with me according to grace. I'm forgiven. You and I can say, and I know that I'm not facing this alone, my God has said, lo, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You know that as you cry out out of the depths of despair, the Lord hears because he has made a promise, ask and it will be given you. When it seems like nobody knows what's going on, the Lord says, I have a plan for you and I'm making everything work out according to my plan for you. And when you don't know how the story is gonna end, God says, I know how the story's gonna end. I'm gonna take you to glory with me. You see, we won't understand how things are working out. But in Jesus, we know that our God is faithful to his promises. And they can sustain us. Because we also know that our God is powerful. You know, the Virgin Mary is, is confused. She doesn't understand how this is going to be. I, I'm a virgin. Uh, this is not going to happen. And, and the angel Gabriel says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. And so the Holy One born to you will be called the Son of God. And then he says, even Elizabeth, your relative, your cousin is going to have a child in her old age. And she was said to be barren is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. How is this going to happen? God makes a promise. He says that the powerful Holy Spirit who hovered over the waters at creation, that life-giving spirit is going to come powerfully on you, Mary, and the impossible is going to happen. And how can you know that's going to happen? He gives a, a current Example. He says, you know, Elizabeth, your cousin, she is way old. You, you know that she's been asking, for a, asking the Lord for a child, and all of us know she should have just stopped asking a couple of decades ago. It ain't not going to happen. And suddenly she is with child because God can do the impossible. She may not understand how is this going to happen, but I know I can understand that God has the power to do what I can't understand. And the same is true of us. You know, as we read the scriptures, what's the whole point of reading the scriptures? One of the key reasons why God says to, to search the scriptures, to, to make it a part of our daily pattern of, of, of reading so that we see the power of God, that, that we're reminded we have a God who can part the waters of the Red Sea. We have a God who can make the sun stand still. That we have a God 
who has the power to change water into wine, that he has the power to heal the sick, to raise the dead. He even has the power to raise himself from the dead. But then God, in his incredible grace, says, you know what, I want to do the same thing for you that I did for Mary. Not only are you grace, not only do I want you to know my faithfulness, but I, I want you to remember my power, that you can see my power right now. Where? Again, take a look at the back of the worship folder. The very last passage that I quote is from Philippians chapter 1. He who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. The powerful Holy Spirit has already begun a good work in you. Why is it that you believe that a virgin could bear a child? You don't just decide that. The Holy Spirit has to work a miracle in your heart so that you believe what you know is impossible. Uh, How do you believe that that the God who created the universe is in the baby that, that Mary held in her arms? It's impossible. But the Holy Spirit did a miracle in your heart and, and you believe what you know is impossible. That this God could die? That this man who is dead in the tomb comes forth from the grave by his own power? He has the power to take up his life again? You don't just decide, I'm going to believe this. You can say those words, but you cannot believe in your heart that it's true unless the Holy Spirit has worked a miracle in your heart. He who began a good work in you. Oh, sure, we have to admit that sometimes our faith is just this flickering flame, right? I I mean, a smoldering wick. Sometimes we're just saying, God, I don't get it. But the very fact that we're crying out to God and saying, God, I don't get it, is evidence of the faith in our hearts where we're saying, God, help me in this darkness. Out of the depths I cry to you. We join with King David in Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Hear my voice. The flickering faith. The smoldering wick is there because the Holy Spirit has worked powerfully in you. And remember, he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I don't understand how I can hold on in the midst of this turmoil into my life, in the midst of the turmoil that I see in the lives of others. I don't know how I can hold on. But God says, I've got the power. I started that good work of faith in you, and I can keep you in that faith. Just hold on to me. You know, there's so much that Mary didn't understand that day in Nazareth. Did she understand exactly how it would be that she'd be pregnant? What's, how's this biology going to work? Did she understand everything? 
Did she understand the pain that she would go through when she saw her son die on the cross? Did she understand God's entire plan for her? Certainly not. But what she did understand was something about God. That she was graced. That God is faithful. And that God is powerful. What did she have? She didn't have understanding of how God was ruling the world. She had something better than understanding. She had faith. And that's the gift that the Holy Spirit gives to us when we're struggling to understand. This is why I love Psalm 131. I don't consider, think about things too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. There's so much stuff in this world, God, that I just don't understand. But I've stilled and quieted my soul like a weaned child with its mother. God's inviting each one of us just crawl up in his lap and, and feel him pat us on the back and say, it's okay. Three-year-olds don't, don't understand the adult world. You're not going to understand the way I'm ruling this world either. But I'm not asking you to understand. I just invite you to trust me. To trust my love, my faithfulness, my power. And when we have that trust, that's the peace that surpasses all understanding, that guards our hearts and minds. That's the confidence that we may not understand, but everything's going to be okay. Because I've been graced, and my God is faithful, and my God is powerful. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Lord Jesus, you came in answer to so many prayers and wondering when is the Savior going to come. So long they waited, but you came at, right, at the right time. And so, Lord, there are times where we're just struggling to understand and it just seems like this is going on forever and nothing's going right we just keep our eyes focused on you. Help every one of us here and online to, to claim the truth that we're graced. That when Satan is just throwing all kinds of lies into our hearts and into our heads, that God must be angry with us. Look at everything that's going wrong. Help us hear the messengers that you place into our lives, the angels, the, 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 the people who love us enough to speak the truth, help us to hear them say to us, greetings you who are highly favored, greetings you who are graced, we are forgiven by you. Help each one of us claim that and, and, and help us to share that with others who are struggling to hold on to it. And we trust your power. Uh, we're, we, we know that you have the power to give healing 
to those who are sick. We've prayed for some people who are sick and facing life-threatening surgery and you brought them through. God be praised. But we also trust your power and your faithfulness when, when things aren't going quite the way we'd hoped. And I think especially of Don Groth, uh, Samantha's uh, dad, and I see you right now. Things aren't going right. We just don't understand. But we know he's graced. And we know that you've promised to carry him through. And you have the power to answer our prayers. And so we're, we're just placing him into your care. We also thank you for, for blessing your people in so many ways here in this world. We join with our brother and sister in Christ, Brian and Linda Gore, as they celebrate their 55th wedding anniversary and ask that you would continue to bless them and continue to bless your people uh, in the future as you have so graciously blessed us and helped us in the past. All this we ask. Oh, one last thing. There's, there's somebody standing on this stage that needs our prayers. I thought the music was going to stop there because it was like, who's that? Pray for Mike Krill and Sarah Tan. I don't know if she's here with us in this house today. Both of a brother and sister in Christ, members of our congregation, we've called into ministry in our school. How hard that it has to be to, to think about this call. So we just ask that you would pour out your Holy Spirit and power on, on each of them and give them wisdom. How can they best serve you? Whether it be in their, their current situations or in, 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 in a, a new setting here at St. Paul's. Okay, Lord, one last request. We know that there are so many people in this world who don't know what we just heard today. As we make invitations this Christmas season, let us be the angels, the messengers that invite people to come and find peace with you. In Jesus' name we ask it. And in his name we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. And the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you peace. Amen. Thanks for joining us on the Closer to Christ Sermon Podcast from St. Paul's Lutheran Church and The Bridge in Muskego, Wisconsin. Closer to Christ podcasts are from our current sermon series and are released every Monday morning. For live stream services and other ministry information, please visit us online at stpaulmuskego.org.